You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, today we're wrapping up a series that we've been in for the past few weeks called What's Good? We've been talking about this idea of required living to change a broken world. Come on, we really believe as followers of Christ, like we're called to be a part of bringing healing to this broken world. We're called to be the answer. We're called to be part of the solution, not, not the problem. And so we've been looking at a key scripture every week, and it comes from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Let's look at it. Here's what it says. He has shown you, O mortal... What is good? Come on, turn to somebody and say, what's good? Everybody say, what's good? And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Now, let me recap what we've covered because I know we have some first-time guests and we've covered a lot of territory the last few weeks. In week one, we talked about what it means to act justly. We talked about how God is a God of justice. And so he's called us to have compassion for the vulnerable. He's passionate about justice, and so he wants us to be people of justice. In week two, we talked about what it means to, to love mercy. Like when we serve others, it's actually an expression of our love for God. And then in week three, we talked about what it means to walk humbly with God. To walk humbly with God is to, is to walk like Jesus walked, to live like Jesus lived, and Jesus lived full of grace and truth. Then last week, Pastor Mark Rouse was here, and he, he gave a great message. If you missed it, go back and watch it on YouTube. And he talked about how God is calling us to, how God wants to use us to bring healing to the racial divide in our nation right now. Come on, how many of you know our, our nation is racially divided in many ways, and God wants to do a work in us to be a part of the solution. So as I was preparing this message to wrap up this series this week, I thought about something that Pastor Mark said in his message last week. He said, maybe we can't change the world with one sermon, with one series, but we can change our world. Come on, I want you to think about that. Changing the world. Sometimes that seems so big, right? We, we've been kind of talking about that in this series. Like the problems of the world seem so big. I'm one person. I feel so small. How can I make a difference? Well, let me just encourage you today. The way you change the world is to change your world. God wants to work in you to change your world. I heard a story one time about a man who was walking on the beach. And he came upon another man who was throwing starfish back into the ocean. There had been a big storm the night before that washed up all of these thousands of starfish on the beach, and they were going to dry out and die. And so he asked the guy, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm throwing these starfish back into the ocean so they don't die. And he goes, well, how do you think, do you think that's going to make a difference? Like there's thousands of starfish that, that are out here. And he picked one up and he threw it in the ocean, and he turned to the other guy and he said, it made a difference to that one, didn't it? Come on, the way you change the world is to change your world. I, I want to tell you this morning, church, that the ultimate purpose for your life is for you to make a difference in this world. I, I don't know where you are spiritually today, whether you consider yourself to be a follower of Christ or maybe you're kind of on the spiritual journey. Somebody invited you to church today. You're tuned in online. Somebody shared this broadcast with you. I, I want you to know today that there is a purpose for your life. Like God wants to use your life and there is nothing more more fulfilling than discovering your God-given purpose and being used by God to make a difference in the world around you. I, I want to encourage you today. It, it, there's no amount of money that's more fulfilling 
There's no car you can buy, no house, no, no relationship. There is nothing like finding your purpose and watching God work through your life. It is the most fulfilling thing. And so the question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I want to wrap up this series by talking to you about one idea. And here's the simple idea. It's the idea of influence. Come on, everybody say influence. Influence. Whether you realize it or not, you have influence. And I know many times we kind of disqualify ourselves. Oh, no, Pastor Jeremy, I don't have like a million followers on Instagram, you know. I don't have a whole lot of money. I'm not politically connected. I'm not high up in my company. I don't have much, much influence. No, I want you to recognize that we all have some measure of influence. Here's the idea. We have to recognize our influence before we can exercise our influence. Come on, we want to take today to, to realize that every one of us, we have some measure of, of influence and God wants to work through us to change the world around us. I love the message paraphrase of Galatians chapter 6, verse 4. Here's what it says. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. I love that idea. That's what we're going to do today. That's what we're going to do in, in our Christian walk with God. We want to make a careful exploration of who we are, like how God wired us, and the work that we've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Focus on that and see how God works through your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, when you became a Christian, what you got wasn't just for you. Come on, the blessing of salvation, a relationship with God, healing and wholeness and, and forgiveness. What you got wasn't just for you. God wants to use you to influence others. Now, there's a famous story in Acts chapter 16. The apostle Paul and his ministry associate Silas, they're in the city of Philippi, which is where we get the book of the Bible, Philippians. And, and they get into some trouble. They end up getting arrested. They, they get beat up. They get thrown in, in jail. And the scripture says about midnight, Paul and Silas are worshiping. Come on, they're worshiping in the midst of their circumstances. That's a sermon for somebody this morning. And, and literally, God shakes the jail. And, and the prison doors, like the jail doors, the cell doors break open. And, and the jailer thinks, like, oh my gosh, all of these prisoners are going to go free. So he's about to kill himself because he's like, I'm responsible for all these people. And I know what's going to happen to me when the authorities found out that all these people got loose on my watch. And just when he's about to harm himself, Paul and Silas stop him and say, no, no, no. Like, we're all here. Like, don't hurt yourself. And let's look at what happens. Acts 16, 29 through 31. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Come on, he recognized the power of God is on these, these guys' lives. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. So this word household, household is the Greek word oikos. Oikos, everybody say oikos. Come on, you're a bunch of Greek scholars. Oikos, oikos, it's like the Greek yogurt that you see in the grocery store. Yeah, some of y'all are like, okay, I know that. That's oikos. Oikos refers to a house or a household or a family. It's, it's a sphere of influence. Paul says to, to the jailer, he says, not only are you going to be saved, but God intends for your family, your household, your sphere of influence to be saved. He, he says what's going to happen to you isn't just for you, it's for you to influence others. Come on, that's the idea today, church. What God is doing in us, what God has done for us isn't meant just to stop with us. You are a spiritual influencer. Come on, you're a, we think about media influencers, social media influencers. You are a spiritual 
influencer to influence your oikos, the sphere of influence around you. And so how do I find my sphere of influence? Some of you don't feel necessarily very influential. I want to help you today. Just very practical message today. I want to give three areas to help you find your sphere of influence. Are you ready? You can take notes today. These are going to be really easy to remember. Very simple. I want to activate you today. We want to take all that we've learned in this series and we want to put it in to practice. We want to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Come on, let me say that again. We want to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, here's the first point. Number one, first fear of influence, my people, my people. Everybody say, my people. Number one, my people. This is those closest to you in proximity, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors. These are your people, those who are close to you. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Mark records something really interesting in in chapter 5. There's this bizarre story of Jesus healing this man who's demon-possessed. He sets him free. And this guy's possessed with, like, you know, all kind of demons, and Jesus sends them into a herd of pigs, and they go running off a cliff. If, if you think the Bible is boring, it's only because you haven't read it before. There's some crazy stuff in there, y'all. I'm just saying. It's about as interesting as some of the crazy Netflix shows you're watching, maybe even more interested in some, some places. There's some X-rated stuff in the Bible. So if you think it's boring, it's only because you haven't read it. Let's look at what happens. Mark chapter 5, verse 18 through 19. As Jesus was getting into the boat... The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. You got to get this. He's like, Jesus, take me with you. Like, I want to be a part of you changing the world. I want to go on this adventure with you. Watch Jesus' response in verse 19. Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your people. That's your oikos. Go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. I want you to get this, okay? This man, his vision of grandeur was that he was going to go with Jesus, but Jesus had a different assignment for him. He said, no, no, I want you to go home to your people. I want you to go home to your oikos, to your household, to your sphere of influence. And notice Jesus doesn't say, I want you to go home and I want you to preach to all of them and tell all of them that they're going to hell. That's not what he does. What does Jesus tell him? Look at it. He says, tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Come on, I've, I've often said it, that the best message you could ever preach is just to tell someone your story of how God has had mercy on your life, to tell them of the goodness of God, his grace, how God has brought you this far. The best message you could ever preach is to share your life story as you're walking with God. Now, sociologists tell us that our our sphere of influence is about 12 people, okay? These are the people that you spend on average, if you took all the time that you spent with them throughout the week, these are the people that you spend an hour with each week. So here's the idea. Those are your people. Start there. Your neighbors and your friends and your classmates and your coworkers. The, The way to change the world is to change our world. Mother Teresa famously said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. That's a great place to start. Come on, you have, these are the people you have influence with. These, these are the people you have, in many ways, your greatest influence. So it starts with my people. Number two, if you want to find your sphere of influence, you've got to find your place. Everybody say, my place. My people and, number two, my place. Each of us has a different place in society, and I believe that we're called by God to, to be used to make a difference in that place, in my 
place. Now, in 1975, uh, two men of God who had, had started uh, amazing organizations, large Christian organizations that had touched the world, met together in Colorado. One of them was Lauren Cunningham, who founded YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and he sent out uh, young people on short-term mission trips all around the world. The other man was Bill Bright, who founded Campus Crusade for Christ, which is a campus ministry that spread all around the nation into other nations, and he actually created the Jesus Film, which has reached more people evangelistically than like any other evangelistic effort in the world. Like this guy has actually reached more people for Jesus than Billy Graham through the Jesus film, okay? So these two men of God were on vacation in Colorado when they decided to meet up for lunch. And when they got together, God, they, they realized that God had given them both a vision. And when they got together, they were shocked to find out that they got to give them both the same vision. When they shared this dream with each other, they realized that their, their dream was the same. And, and here was the vision God had given them. The vision was that, that they, would, they would change society by affecting three, um, excuse me, seven spheres. That in, in, if you wanted to change any culture in any nation, there were seven spheres that needed to be influenced, impacted with the gospel. And here, so here are the seven places of influence. Church, government, Entertainment, we'll add sports to that. The original list just said entertainment, but we all know the mega influence of sports. Education, business, media, and family. Seven places of influence. And maybe some of you are going to see yourselves somewhere in this list, but I want you to think about these. At the top of the list is the church. Come on, how many of you know that what God is doing in the world, he's doing primarily through his church? There's no plan B, there's plan A. Jesus didn't leave a podcast. Jesus didn't leave Christian books. Jesus didn't leave Christian television. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, Okay. What God is doing in the world primarily is, through, is doing through his church. So he wants to affect all of those other spheres that we're going to look at through, through his church, through his people. We know that the church isn't a building, it's people. The next one is government. Now, you know if you've been in our church that I say that we're, we're kingdom citizens first. Before we're Democrats or Republicans or independents, we're kingdom citizens first. But we're called to make an influence in government. God wants to use us to be a voice to shape policy and, and to hold our government accountable. I, I tell you, I think what we need is some more uh, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, elected Christian officials. Okay, So we can, we can have an influence in this realm. We can be politically engaged without, uh, without having, making politics an idol. But we're, we're called to make a difference in, in government. The next one would be entertainment. In sports, uh, I think about, when I think about sports, I think of someone like Tim Tebow, you know, who's using his platform as such an outspoken Christian, you know, to, to be a witness. And sometimes people make fun of him and they criticize him. But, you know, I think about just one of the things that Tim Tebow has started. I don't know if you've heard about this, but he started a, uh, a thing called Night to Shine, where basically he works with churches and organizations to throw a prom night for disabled kids. Come on, kids who never get celebrated, he, he goes all out. I mean, I'm talking limos and like kids wearing gowns and tuxes and all out parties. And there are churches and organizations all around the nation that are loving on these kids. Come on, if that doesn't touch your heart, talk about using your celebrity for a good purpose. We see people using their celebrity for like the dumbest things all the time. But here's Tim Tebow using this platform of entertainment, right, and, and sports to be an influence for the kingdom of God. The next one is education. Come on, I know we have some amazing teachers in this church. And you have a captive audience 
in that classroom. Talk about a sphere of influence, right? You have those kids every day, and God wants to, to use us in the realm of education. I think about business. We have some amazing business people in our church, talented business people, business leaders. Come on, business leaders. I want to tell you, God didn't just give you the ability to make that money all for yourself. Come on, God wants to use you. God wants to use you, business leaders, to further the kingdom of God, to make a difference in the marketplace, to help finance the work of the kingdom of God. Come on, business leaders. Media. You know, so many times when we think about the media, you know, we talk about the media and people complain about the media. Can I just help you today? In the era of social media, you are the media. <laughs> you are the media. So if you don't like the negativity of the media, why don't you put something positive out there worth reading, worth watching? Come on, somebody, help me. Am I preaching to myself today? Don't let social media use you. Why don't you use social media? to make a difference. We live in the era where we don't have to just complain about it. We can actually do something. So why don't you say something worth saying? And then the last one, which is so important, is family. Come on, how many of you know long before God ever ordained the church, he ordained the family? Let's get this right at home. Come on, parents. Come on, moms. Come on, dads. If we get our kids into the best colleges and we get them into private schools and they become top-notch soccer and baseball players, but we fail to give them the kingdom of God, we've missed it. Come on, we got to get Jesus into the hearts of our kids, parents. That is the number one thing you can do. The number one thing you can give them. Let's do this at home. Come on, dads, as a father, let me put my father hat on. Let me challenge you, dads. Come on. Our families need to see us lead at home, praying in front of our kids, opening up the Bible every now and then. Come on, we got to lead in our home. Come on, mom. They, they need to see a godly woman in you. Get the kingdom of God into them. This is when we need this. We need this in our families. And so, so many times Christians make the mistake of thinking that, you know, it's mainly the pastor's job to influence people for Christ. Let me just tell you, Ephesians chapter 4 says it's my job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job is to do what I'm doing right now, to preach, to teach, to pray for you, to help you grow and disciple you so that you can find your place of influence. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 19 through 20 says this, and he, God, has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Let me just tell you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are an ambassador of God. Like you represent him wherever you go. You carry spiritual influence. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat or official that represents a nation, right? Like we represent the kingdom of God. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever your place is, you represent God and you carry spiritual influence. So you're not just a teacher. No, no, no. You're God's representative in that classroom to show those kids the love of Jesus. Come on, you're not just a medical worker, a doctor or nurse making rounds in the hospital or the clinic. You are God's representative to bring the healing touch of Jesus into that hospital. You're not just a business person closing deals, you know, making things happen on, on Wall Street. No, no. You are God's representative in the marketplace because somebody needs to see what it looks like for a man or woman of God to lead in the marketplace. Come on, somebody. Like, you got to find your place. Find your people. Find your place. And then here's the third thing. you got to find your passion. My passion. Everybody say, my passion. My passion. What does this mean? Well, God is going to put something in your heart that's not necessarily in someone else's heart. And you know how to identify it? Here's how you identify it. When you don't understand why other people can't do what you can do, or when you don't understand why people aren't passionate about what you're passionate about. Let me help you. Don't criticize them. Don't get frustrated with them. That's the key for you to know. That's your passion. 
The reason they don't know how to do it like you know how to do it is God gave it to you as a passion. And so you got to find your passion. Come on, can I just give you my, my amazing wife as an example for just a moment? Like my wife, one of her passions and gifts, she's a planner and she's into details. My wife is planning Easter at Christmas and Christmas at Easter. And I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to preach this Sunday. And she's like, what do you think about doing this for Easter? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out this Sunday. In this new space we're, we're, we're building out, oh my gosh, I mean, Amy's fingerprints are all over it. When you see it, you're going to be like, yep, that's Amy, right? Like, I'm the big picture. Let me negotiate the lease. Let me handle the finances. Let me cast the vision. Like, I had a vision for it, but Amy's into the details, like right down to the toilet paper dispenser in the bathroom. Like, you should see her spreadsheet. Like, I get dizzy. Like, I start hyperventilating just looking at Amy's spreadsheet on her Mac for organizing this thing. But how many of you know, if you know my wife, that is her amazing gifting. Come on, can we give it up? Like... I couldn't do it. The church would fall apart if it was up to me. But that's, that's her passion, right? And so like Steve and I walk into the building and like she sees little things that we would never see, you know? Like that brick is out of place. Like what? How do you see? It's amazing, right? And so this is what we try to help you do in Growth Track. If you've been around here in our church, we have this thing called Growth Track. And you hear us talk about it like every month. And, and so we want to we get you to Growth Track because one of the things we do in Growth Track is we try to help you identify your passion, get in touch with, with your passion. We want you serving in an area that where it taps into your passion, your ability. And so I want to invite you. Here's your personal invitation, okay? We're doing Growth Track again next month. Here are the dates. It's the second and third week in August, August 8th and August 15th. It's going to be online in the evening. If you go to Next Steps on our website or our app, the details are there. We want to get you into Growth Track because one of the things we do, especially in session two, is we get you in touch with your passions. We give you a spiritual gifts test and we, we talk about how God has wired you and, and gifted you. It's our gift to you. So if you haven't taken advantage of that, okay, open up your phone, go on the Redemption app, go to our website, go to Next Steps, find Growth Track, and get signed up so we can help activate you in, in, in your passion. Here's the idea. We all have different passions and abilities. And the key is to find yours and use it. Find yours and use it. This is why the Apostle Paul gave us the analogy of the body of Christ. Like we all have our place in the body. Are you, are you with me? Like I don't need my hand to do what my foot does. I don't need my ear to do what my nose does. Like I need all the, par the, the body parts working together. Come on, we feel it when just one part isn't working. My lower back reminds me these days that I'm 41 now. <laughs> It reminds me, when that one part isn't working like I want it to work, I, I, I know it. But we need all of the parts of the body working. Here's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. He said, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now, this word gift here, it comes from the Greek word charis. But charis can also be translated not only gift, but grace. Now, now read it this way. God has literally graced us with, the, with this ability, right? Like your gift flows from God's grace. Come on, church, I want you to know this today. The gift that you have on your life, it flows from the grace of God on your life. He's given you this ability. It's a divine flow of his grace on, on your life. Whatever your gift is, whatever your passion is, it's a God-given gift. And here's the beautiful thing. God is a generous God. Did you notice what Paul said? God has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. See, not only will God call you to do something, but often he'll put the desire in your heart to do it first. So many times when we think about God's will, we think, oh, God's going to call me and ask me to do something I really don't want to do. He's going to send me to be a missionary to preach in the jungles of Africa. Well, I don't know. He might do that. 
And sometimes God does call us to do things we don't want to do. But so often we miss that God will often put a desire in your heart. There's something he puts in your heart that you want to do. It's a burning passion and desire that you have. Some of you love kids. Like when you get around kids, you just come alive. Some of you love welcoming people. Like you're a people person. You're a people magnet. Some of you love serve day. Like the best thing that happens to you is when we put those blue serve day shirts on and we go out and we have a serve day. Whatever it is for you, you got you to find your passion, your part in the body of Christ. Paul says this in Ephesians 4.16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love that. As each part does its job, as each part functions the way it's supposed to function, it helps the other parts grow. See, if you don't do your part, I can't fully do my part. But when each one of us does our part, something beautiful happens. Something beautiful happens, church. And you know, this happens every Sunday when you walk in this place. I'm going to just brag on our church family for just a minute. This happens every Sunday, people doing their part. When you got here, the team was already here, setting up, getting ready for you, praying over you. The production team was here early, setting up all this equipment so that you could have an amazing experience worshiping God. You're not even thinking about the words on the screen and the lighting. Church online, this broadcast is coming to you because somebody plugged in some wires that I have no idea how to plug in. And then you got here and, and somebody created a, a welcoming space. Come on, they took the Carver Center and turned it into a church for you today and put welcome signs up and greeted you smiling. And some of you dropped your kids off into the kids' ministry. And there's kids' team people who are back there who have set up, who have prepared for you, who prepared a lesson so they could love on your kids this week. And then the worship team got up here and they've rehearsed and they came ready to go. Come on, you don't want me leading worship. I'd empty the church. But the worship team came and they're ready. And all of it comes together. Everybody playing their part so that something beautiful can happen every Sunday. Do you see it? And I love, oh yeah, I love it when I meet people. You know, when I meet somebody who says, you know, I came to church this Sunday and I hadn't been to church in a long time and I was kind of nervous to walk in here. But I came in and there were all these greeters who smiled at me and, and, and welcomed me and made me feel so, so loved and, and so welcomed because of our amazing guest services team. And then sometimes I'll meet some parents who tell me, you know, we came to the church, and we were kind of looking around for a church, and, and uh, we weren't sure if we were coming back, but our kids had such a great time. They were like, no, we're going back to that redemption church this next Sunday. And, well, we knew exactly where our home was going to be because the kids' team did such an amazing job loving on those kids. And then I love when I meet somebody who comes in and says, you know, Pastor Jeremy, the worship team sang that worship song today, and it was like that one song they sang, it was like it was just for me, you know? Like that was just the song I needed because our amazing worship team led people into the presence of God and, and our production team, you know, brought this broadcast to you online and to all of us here today and our creative team working all throughout the week to make it all come together. Do you see it? Like every one of us has a part to play. And when it comes together, something beautiful happens and we come into the presence of God. And so I, I want you to know, if you don't know where to start, go to Growth Track, sign up next month. Get onto a team, like do something to activate your purpose. Maybe your passion is more getting out in the community. Go sign up with Pastor Dave to do some food deliveries. Every month we're out delivering food in, in our community to hungry people. You gotta do something to activate your purpose. Come on, you gotta stir up the gift of God that's on your life. And so let me remind you this morning, church, that changing the world 
starts with changing our world. Come on, sometimes it seems so big, but we want to shrink it down today. Changing the world. If every one of us would grab a hold of this, we'd begin to make a difference. Changing the world starts with changing our world. It starts with you making a difference in your sphere of influence, your people, your place, your passion. Come on, church, let's, let's put this series into practice. What a shame it would be to sit here and hear five weeks worth of teaching on this. Let's take this and let's activate our purpose and, and let God work through our lives. I want to tell you, it's the most fulfilling thing you could ever do. I just believe we're coming into this new season as we move into this new space in two weeks and as we're coming out of this pandemic and the world is trying to come back to normal. I just believe God is about to do something new in this church. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. This church is about to explode this fall. You're going to see new people, new growth. Like we're going to overflow before you know it. It's all hands on deck. I'm telling you, we're recommitting ourselves to this mission. We're the church of Jesus Christ and we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the world and we're going to touch Westchester and Connecticut and into the Bronx. And I'm telling you, you're going to see God do some amazing things this next, this next season of our church. And we need you. Come on. We need you. If you're new to our church, just jump in. I say it all the time. This is not a church where you got to sit back and wait for two years before you get plugged in. Just get in here. Get on a team. Get your redemption t-shirt on. Act like you've been here forever. Like tell them, like me and Pastor Jeremy, we are boys. Like we are homies. Like I'm, drop my name. Tell them you're with me. Like you're in. All hands on deck. We need you. We need you. Every person using your gift. And here's the thing. I'm going to say it to you one more time. It's the most fulfilling thing you'll ever do is watch God work through your life to touch someone else. It is the mo- I'm telling you, it is the most. I sit down with business people who have made lots of money and who have sat with me and said, Pastor Jeremy, I'm looking for something more. I'm looking for something more. Can, can you hear me this morning? The most fulfilling thing you will ever do is allow God to work through your life to touch someone else. Activate the gift of God in your life. I want something for you, not from you. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to be in your passion. I want to to see God working through your life to make a difference in the people around you. Amen? And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a final song. We're going to have an extended time of worship. And I want to invite the the prayer team to come up. Prayer team, you can come up now. And they're going to make their way across the front here. And a couple things we're going to do. I'm going to invite you, maybe for some of you, a great way to, to kind of respond to this series that we've been in for the past five weeks. Maybe for some of you, there's really a tug in your heart. You say, hey, I really want God to use me in a greater way. You know, I want more faith. Come on, I want more courage. I want a greater touch of the Holy Spirit. Like I want God to use me to make a difference in my family, to make a difference in my friends and my workplaces. Anybody with me today? Anybody the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart? And sometimes that's overwhelming, right? Our prayer team would love to just pray with you, pray a blessing over you that God would give you the courage that you need, the faith you need, the touch of the Holy Spirit. And our weakness, he's made strong. Okay, so if you're feeling like, I don't know how to do it, that's okay. You're just the kind of person God can use. And then some of you, maybe you have another need in your life today, whatever it might be, maybe a financial need, maybe a health need. Maybe, you you know, uh, there's somebody you're praying for. There's just a need you're trusting God for. Our team's here to pray for you this morning. And so why don't you stand with me? I'm gonna pray us out. If you don't have a prayer need, you can... You can stay where you are. The team's going to lead us kind of softly and gently. We're going to have a few moments of extended worship. And then I'm going to invite you to come up and pray, all right? Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful time that we've had today in your presence. God, we thank you for how you're calling us, God, how you're speaking to our hearts, that, God, you have placed purpose on the inside of us. God, every one of us, you put a gift inside of us. And, God, we want to be used by you to make a difference in the world around us. 
And so God, we invite you to do that in our lives. We say, here I am, God, I'm available. If you can use anything, God, you can use me. Father, I pray for every person who steps out in that way, that you bless them and you use them like never before. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.